What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Take 3 Podcast. This is kind of an impromptu MBA free agency episode. We really didn't have this uh, on the docket when we were uh, going through this, but we figured it's it's MBA free agency. We covered the finals. We got through the playoffs. We might as well knock out a reaction to uh, all today's big action. So, I mean, my name is Brandon. As always, I'm joined by my guy, Alex. And um, yeah, so how are you feeling? I mean, right off, let's just jump into it. Early thoughts. A lot of crazy moves happened. The big one for me is, right, the Lakers. Russell Westbrook is now an L.A. Laker. It doesn't really make a ton of sense on paper, but it's one of those things where you got three guys that are just uberly talented. So, like, talent outweighs chemistry. If they can figure it out, they can definitely win a title. The shooting is, like, very questionable, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, before you jump into the free agency, obviously over the weekend, that was the big news is it was weird because at one point it was the Lakers are sending Kyle Kuzma, Montrez, Hale, and picks to the Sacramento Kings, and they're getting Buddy healed. And then two seconds later, it's Shams tweets, the no, they're not doing Buddy healed. It's going to be Kuzma, Montrez, Harrell, and picks are headed over to Washington and uh, Russell Westbrook's coming home to L.A. Yeah, it's super interesting. I mean, right off the uh, the face value of what it is when you see that move, and it's Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. As you said, there's talent on the roster. But, um, yeah, it comes down to the shooters. They went out, and obviously we can jump into it. I mean, we might as well just cover their moves right now. They went out and got Trevor Rezus, 3 and D wing guy. It's funny he makes his way back to L.A. after playing with uh, – Lakers years ago with Kobe Bryant and then obviously they had Wayne Ellington Dwight Howard so I mean they're starting to piece together some shooters and that's really what they're going to need with a lineup of those three guys Russell Westbrook shooting the basketball terrifies me um I I just there's not confidence he's either really on or really bad and him being really on really isn't even that good I'd say I mean but obviously he's talented high motor you're going to need a guy like him in the regular season it allows LeBron James and uh Anthony Davis to kind of take nights off, as you would say, LeBron's now he's 36 going into 37 this year. And he's not going to, he's not going to be the guy that he was when he was a 26 of the Miami heat. He's not going to be every single game, 82 games a year guy. And you know, when Russell Westbrook shows up, I mean, he's shown his entire career. He's given you a hundred percent for 82 plus games. So it's kind of, that's a good move to be able to uh, give LeBron James kind of rest nights and let Russ go crazy. But yeah, I think they still need to add more shooting for uh, for sure. Yeah, so when it comes to the regular season and the seeding for the Lakers, Westbrook's going to be huge, right? <clears throat> and we already saw last season, the Lakers got hurt. They fell in to the bottom seeds. They had to do a play-in. Then they get stuck facing the Suns, who are officially uh, eventually the Western Conference champs. So, like, the seeding really does matter in the West. Russell goes 100% all the time, so he'll be great for it. But I need, like, if I'm the Lakers, I need AD to be healthy and, like, He's too young to be, like, taking nights off and not doing it. And now he's always been injury-prone, but I don't know how well he's taking care of his body throughout his career. And, like, maybe if he can pick up some tips from LeBron to, like, take it a little more seriously and try and just stay on the court. Because him and Russell should carry him through the 82 games and then let LeBron do his thing in the postseason. But, like, when it comes to the shooting, it just worries me, right? So the one knock on Russell Westbrook is, like, he's not a good shooter and then he makes questionable decisions in crunch time. Now you can eliminate the questionable decisions by having LeBron James operate the offense in crunch time, but then you got Russell Westbrook playing off the ball. And I, I don't know how Russ is going to do off the ball. Like, I don't know where you really go with that, right? Like they need shooting. The one free agent I can think of, but I don't think they have the money for it at all would be Patty Mills, uh, San Antonio Spurs vet. He won a championship with the Spurs. 
He's a really good three-point shooter. He'd be great off the bench. I just don't think the Lakers could afford him. So when LeBron's initiating the offense in crunch time and Russell doesn't have the ball in his hands, what does he do offensively? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, right now, obviously, they're going to fill out the rest of the roster, but it's like, yeah, it's LeBron, as we've seen. I mean, none of these older, he's a drive and try to kick it. If the, if the basket's sealed off, he's going to kick it. And it's like, if you're kicking to the Russell Westbrook, it's not like you're exactly kicking at the Kyrie Irving when you're in Cleveland, and you know he's probably going to knock down the shot. And uh, yeah, it gets scary. It's um, Russell Westbrook late in games if he goes into this zone where he's got to be the hero. I mean, you can say, obviously, when they sat down, because it was uh, rumored or reported, and it probably did happen that him, AD, and LeBron, they all sat down to put their egos aside. And I think AD said he would play more of the five. I think that's more crucial going forward. If you can get him to play the five more, uh, that then allows you only to need a guy like Dwight Howard to play 12 minutes a night. You don't really have to go out and uh, worry about snagging another big. And then LeBron, I believe, said he was going to shift down to the four. So then that gives them a little bit uh, – just gives them more flexibility, but I think um, it gets it gets dicey. We got to see how um, how they fill out the rest of the roster. I don't think Patty Mills would be too expensive. It's just will Patty Mills does Patty Mills want to go to LA and play with uh, play with those guys? You don't know. I don't know what type of guy Patty Mills is. I mean, he's kind of seems like a chilled out, quiet guy. He stayed in San Antonio for so long, got caught a fat so by Pop that uh, that was before the championship. That was a long time ago when he's a little butterball. That's what I'm saying. So he's kind of been more of just a laid back. I know that the Nets are also in hot pursuit, and I believe Golden State was there. So I don't think it's really about the going to be about the money for for a guy like Patty Mills. It's going to be where does he see the best fit? Where does he see um, any of those teams? Because all three of those teams are going to be contenders, and uh, that would be a big get, I'd say, since they lost Caruso, which we'll jump into the Bulls' moves here in a little bit. But uh, yeah, they definitely need to fill out the roster more. Yeah, losing Caruso, I think, is a big loss, right? Because uh, another guard. He's um, – they need another guard, right? So, Patty Mills would also fill that role. But, like, defensively, Caruso was fantastic for the Lakers. But I think Patty Mills, if he were to choose between the three teams, like the Warriors, Nets, and Lakers, if those were would be his three options, those <clears> – <throat> the Lakers probably give him the biggest role, right? Because, like, he'll come in and he'll be important. He's playing valuable minutes every single basketball game. And they need his shooting. So, I wouldn't even be surprised if he closed some lineups just cause, just for the shooting. But it'll be interesting to see where he goes. He's a big piece at this point. Since a lot of the bigger players are starting to get signed, it's like we're waiting on a few big key moves. We're saying where ben, what happens with Ben Simmons. We want to see where Patty Mills goes to fill out contenders. So, it's just like it's kind of a wait-and-see process. Exactly. And I think the Nets, yeah, Lakers or Nets, I don't know if he'd have much of, I mean, he'd kind of, it's weird, he'd kind of have a role with all those because the Nets lost Landry Shamit, so they kind of need that other that other guard to come in and knock down shots. And the Warriors always need, I don't know who else they have out there at guard, but they could always use somebody to take some load off of Steph. But I mean, um, let's just straight jump into the big one. I'd say the biggest piece that was shift of the day was uh, Kyle Lowry finally secures the bag. He got a uh, he got his $30 million a year. He got three years, $90 million sign and trade with uh, the Miami Heat. So he teams up with Jimmy Butler. Duncan Robinson also secured five years, $90 million. We might as well just tag the Heat's moves all together as they, um, they swung that. I mean, when I look at it, I don't know if it pushes them any closer to a championship when you're in an Eastern Conference with obviously the defending champions, the Bucks. You got a healthy Nets teams coming back. You assume the Sixers are still going to be there, although they haven't really made any big moves or made any changes. So it's kind of like, it's a good move. It's definitely a, uh, it's an improvement. Dragic, he was uh, banged up. And I just think all around Kyle Lowry is a better basketball player than Goran Dragic, obviously. Not really a knock on, uh, on Goran. He's a, he's a solid player, but 
Um, how do you feel? I think it was Pat Riley really making a swing at this thing. Yeah, I think Pat Riley's going for it. He also took uh, P.J. Tucker from the Bucks, So P.J. Tucker's a Miami Heat, two years, 15 mil. And he thinks he has a window right now, clearly. He gave Jimmy Butler an extension, four years, 184. And Butler's older, so that's that's a bold move, right? So he's banking on the core of Butler, Adebayo, adding Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson. Uh, they need Tyler Hero to get better again. He regressed last year. They need him to shoot the lights out because when he's going, he's great, right? So it's just – you're kind of banking on those guys. It's just like – I like Miami. They're a very good team, right? I wouldn't be surprised if they're a top four seed in the East at all. But it's hard to pick Miami when you look at a healthy Milwaukee, a healthy Brooklyn, and then Philadelphia will be right there. But, like, it's hard to speak about Philadelphia until they make the Ben Simmons moves because we don't know what that roster is going to look like. But I like Miami. Uh, I would pick them as a dark horse team to represent the East, but I wouldn't feel confident about just like betting them to win the East straight up. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I like the move. It's definitely, I mean, when you bring Jimmy Butler down there, they kind of really going back to last year, they really kind of whiffed on the entire James Harden thing. I really think if you give Pat Riley a redo to go back and um, get secure James Harden and they had a legit shot too, they just didn't want to give up a guy like Duncan Robinson, a guy like Tyler Hero, who, regressed I feel like he would do it if you give him a give him a redo of it but obviously you don't get redos in this league so they kind of got to live with it and uh, yeah Pat Riley really swung for the fences with this one and yeah I'd say a good dark horse team but you're right I don't know if I can sit here right now and be like yeah this team will even make an Eastern Conference Finals it feels like they could be really good or they could go out in the in the first round or the second round uh, very quickly um it's really the Miami Heat when you jump into it. Other big moves, obviously, CP3, four years, $120 million. Uh, It was kind of when I, he sent out a tweet like a couple of days ago that was like, we don't, I forget, you can't, you can't quit or something. It was like, it basically secured to me that he was going to run it back. Although there's rumors maybe he'll somehow wind up in LA and team up with LeBron James and he'll do this and do that. Um, it just seemed like a formality that Chris Paul was going to – he was going to resign in Phoenix, continue with that group who's still a good group, although they lost the NBA Finals and the window kind of shrinks a little bit because teams are coming back. Uh, it just seemed like this was going to happen regardless. Yeah, I mean, CP, like, he really got a nice deal again. The man's going to get paid for another three years, and it's just remarkable, dude. I don't know if it's going to be a good contract by the end of it, or four years, excuse me. It's gonna be, I don't know if it's going to be good the last two years, but, like, the Suns have a window right now. They made the finals. They feel confident going into this year. They need to capitalize. It's really that simple for the Suns. Yeah, exactly. I like it. It made sense for both sides, and it was kind of – it was going to happen. It was it was bound to go down. Um, we jump over to another big one, Lonzo Ball. He signed and trade with the Pelicans. It was kind of reported a couple of days ago that he was locking in Rich. I think he's with Rich Ball and Clutch Sports. Don't quote me, but I believe so. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty much out there that they were going to get – he was eyeing up the Bulls, and the Bulls have just made sense. Now they now have the athletic backcourt with uh, Zach Levine, and now they added Alex Caruso as well at four years, $37 million. They still have Levine to go with Ball, and then they have Vucevic. They'll probably lose uh, Larry Markinen. I would imagine that he's out of there. Um, but what are the Bulls? What do you think? You like it? I, I do like the Bulls. And, like, they only got Vucevic for, what, like the last quarter of the season last year, maybe third of a season. So, like, Vucevic and Levine are going to be fun. Lonzo Ball – 
uh, adds defensively assists. He can shoot the ball well. You got Alex Caruso. He's going to be a really good defender. Uh, you have Kobe White off the bench still. He can score in bunches. Uh, he wasn't great defensively. So, like, when you put him and Levine together, that's not, like, a great combo for the backcourt. But if you can play – when you have Levine and Ball, that's going to be good defense. Then you can throw Caruso in as, like, a mix. So, like, all of a sudden they have, like – defense to support that offense and then Vucevic is a uh, great center so it's like I, I don't think the Bulls are going to be an elite team in the east or anything but they could they should snag a playoff spot yeah I think they'll definitely um yeah, they'll definitely be more competitive they kind of Lonzo got better as last year went on I'd say I didn't really catch much Pelicans games but uh he seemed more comfortable seemed to get it going and yeah he's athletic he's kind of if he gets the jump shot down if the jump shot's going um, he's dangerous. And then you pair him with Levine, who obviously we saw what he's doing and what he's doing with a team USA right now. He's kind of a rising star in the league. And it, um, yeah, I don't expect them to really make a run, but I could say, I mean, seven, eight seed, they could sneak in there. Maybe. Yeah. I'd say comfortably. I mean, maybe in a playoff or the play in my bad, not playoff, but that's really the outlook that I would see out of them. Oh, yeah. And like to speak on Levine, like Levine's still really young. He came in the league so early and the sky's the limit for Levine. He gets he's getting better and better and better. And Lonzo did improve throughout the year. His three point shot is like legit now. He can knock it down consistently. So I think it's a good I think it's a really good addition for the Bulls. They're uh, slowly building. Yeah, I feel like it gives it allows Levine to just focus on scoring, right? Lonzo's going to be the playmaker. Lonzo's going to run the offense, and it kind of allows Levine to do do his thing, just score. You don't have to really worry. I mean, if Patrick Williams can take a step up, obviously Vucevic is going to give you his thing. This team kind of they're they're building something. It's interesting to see always when a team that's been bad for a bit they start to put it together a little bit. Um, jumping over to the defending champs, pretty interesting one. Bobby Portis rees up two years, nine million. People really thought. Hey, he could go out and snag a four years, 50 million deal. Like he could go out and get the bag, but it just seemed like obviously by signing this deal, he really fell in love with the city of Milwaukee. The city of Milwaukee fell in love with him through this playoff run. And um, I'm not up in arms with it. People are kind of up in arms like, hey, why didn't he go get the bag? Why didn't he get the bag? But it's like, he's only 26 years old. It's like, you take this, you play two more years, you're chasing rings with Giannis for two more years, and then just keep letting your stock build up. And then you got full arenas for the next two years. You got revenue is going to be on the up and up. And then when you see the, the cap's only going to go up now. I mean, we're past the COVID thing where this is kind of a down year. Um, he just gets to keep building his stock and he's not in a pressure situation. Gets play your 15, 20 minutes a night, do your thing, and uh, just continue to show teams what you can do. And then when you're a free agent and the revenue is up and maybe there's more intriguing teams to spend money, you kind of capitalize on that. Well, I agree entirely, right? I believe Bobby Portis is 26. So two years, he'd be 28. So he's still plenty young in his prime to go get a big bag. And also, you're, it's always fun to run it back. You want to defend your title, right? Even if he was just like a, a guy off the bench, he still played important minutes for him, right? And then P.J. Tucker's gone. So like they, he'll probably have a slightly larger role this next season. And, you know, if Milwaukee goes back-to-back or wins another championship within these two years, he gets another one, then he looks even better, and the bag's probably even bigger for him. So, like, I like I like the calculator risk here. Plus, it's probably fun playing alongside Giannis. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as you said, P.J. Tucker's out. His role could probably get expanded this year. And it's kind of, yeah, it's in an era where we kind of see guys take money and go to places where they really don't want to be, but the money's there. It's kind of good to see a guy take less – and uh, stay where he really wants to be for a couple more years and really uh, go for some rings and have some fun with it. 
Um, just going around the league, uh, Mike Conley, read up Utah, three years, 72 million. That was another one that was like Utah kind of had to do right there. Really, but they weren't going to let him go. Um, it's kind of just what they had to do. When you look at the Knicks, I kind of like the Evan Fournier, four years, 78 million. I believe the fourth year of that deal is a team option. So it's really like to steal. You rarely, you don't really usually see the fourth year team option. It's usually a player option. And these teams get handcuffed into, hey, if the guy sucks in the fourth year, he's going to opt in and you're stuck with the money on. So I kind of like that. And then I like they, uh, they brought back Alec Burks for 10 a year. The one I didn't really like was Nerlens Noel at three years, 32. His agents would deserve an award. I mean, he got his guy <laughs> 10 million a year, but I don't really, I, I feel like he can go out and get a cheaper, a cheaper big and not, I don't really see Nerlens Noel being a 10 million a year guy. That I agree with, but I think a lot of these guys aren't honestly worth their contracts. It's just like the league's in a really good spot financially and like kudos to these guys for getting the bag, nothing but respect. But you know, a lot of these dudes aren't like 50 to $80 million players, but they're getting paid like it. But to the Knicks, I like the Evan Fournier move quite a bit. Four years, 78 million. Evan Fournier shows he can score the basketball really well. And the one thing the Knicks couldn't do is like score the basketball in half court when it really slowed down against Atlanta in the playoff series. Cause the Knicks have defense, right? They're a defensive basketball team. Thibodeau's a defensive head coach. He's going to run his main guys into the ground, but they're going to play defense the whole damn time. Always. So like having adding Evan Fournier for an offensive threat, if he can like get a few more buckets, maybe the outcome's a little different against Atlanta because they just had trouble scoring in bunches like there was many stretches where the Knicks just could not score for like minutes at a time yeah I love the Evan Fournier moves to be honest that's a good one and to snag him right off a, a, a what is it a conference rival in the Boston Celtics you take a weapon away from them a guy that they made a move at the deadline last year to get and they kind of whiffed on that puts the Celtics in a weird spot and I like it for the for the Knicks for sure it allows them to space the floor around uh, Julius Randle so if he gets doubled in the post he can kick it they also kept Derrick Rose for another three years, $43 million. Forgot that. That's a good one. Derrick Rose kind of – he just fit. He kind of really came into his own down the stretch, watching Derrick Rose kind of get back to uh, get back to the old D-Rose. Not exactly as explosive, but he was just – he was out there just making plays, and it was fun to watch him do his thing in the playoffs. Yeah, I felt happy for D-Rose. He's been through so much. It was, it was really fun to watch him in the playoffs and, like, play well. Exactly. Um, other news out there, Cleveland, Jared Allen, restricted free agent. They locked him up five years, 100. It was kind of going to happen. It's going to be interesting backcourt. Yeah, no. Front yeah. What did you court. think about that? Because they just got the USC center. And I, I know he's a rookie and he was best player available. But, like, you get that big draft pick and then you give Jared Allen five years, 100 mil. I mean, they could always trade and get off the contract. Or you never know what's going to happen, right? But, like, what do you think about that? Like, giving him a contract and then drafting the center at number three? Um, well, I haven't really watched much of Evan Mobley, but from what I've heard, he's kind of like he's kind of like what Chris Bosh was towards the end. Is he's really not he's not a guy that's just going to sit down in the post. He's a guy who can kind of space it out. He can hit the jump shot. So I don't think they're going to be like clogged. And then Jared Allen obviously does this thing on the boards. So he'll be able to get his. I just think there's something where they they weren't just going to let him walk. Right? They'll eventually, if if they want to move off of it, they'll find a way to move off of it. But it was just it was one of those formalities. They were going to get it done. I don't think it's really like a clash of play where they're going to be clogged down low there because Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are going to be on the floor together. They're just, they're an interesting team because they got now the two bigs and then they got quite a few guards up there too with Garland and uh, Sexton. Sexton. Yeah. And then uh, I believe the guy from Auburn or uh, I forget the guy's name. Isaac Okoro, I think his name is, but a wing. So they're just, they're super yeah. young. But I mean, it was just, it was going to happen. It was bound. I don't think it's a bad move. As long as the floor is spaced and there's not clogging. They're yeah, pretty much good. That's like the thing I was worried about. Like, 
but I haven't watched Mobley play like yeah, I believe barely, Mo- barely any. Yeah, Mobley, I believe, can stretch the floor. He's kind of your modern big. He's yeah, and he can run. I think he can move like a small forward. So he's he's pretty versatile. Um, Dallas, another interesting team. They re-upped Tim Hardaway. They get Reggie Bullock from the from the New York Knicks. They kind of they struck out. It's always it seems every year, right? We get to this point in free agency every single year, and it's the Dallas Mavericks are linked to player X and they're linked to player Y. And they're going for this guy. And it just seems every single time, it seems ever since they locked or yeah, since DeAndre Jordan got locked in a room and eventually backed out of his contract with them, that they've just never been able to get the big name. They were going for Kyle Lowry, whiffed on him. They've been rumored for Kawhi, but I doubt that happens. Kawhi will probably, That's not happening. No, nah, Kawhi will probably listen, but I don't think the money's there. So they're kind of, yeah, I mean, where did the Mavericks go? It's kind of you're running it back with pretty much the same squad. I mean, Reggie Bullock can space the floor a little bit to give Luca a playmaking option, but it's really kind of, it's, it's on Porzingis. It's kind of a lot. It's on Porzingis to kind of step up. He's, he's basically immovable. I don't know if anybody really would even want him. Clearly nobody wants him because if they could have got rid of him by now, they would have done it. Um, so yeah, they're kind of, I mean, Luca's going to eventually, I think at midnight he can sign his extension or I think he said he's going to sign it after the Olympics. Obviously he's playing with Slovenia right now, I believe it is. He's beating Germany right now. Yeah, so he's going to re-up for his five years. But, uh, yeah, what do you think? I mean, they struck out again. Yeah, classic Dallas, right? They always say they're going to go for these big guys. But, like, if you look at since, like, Dirk's been there and, like, Mark Cuban's on the team, like, they've done it through trades, right? They seem to have trouble getting guys through free agency. I'm sure there was a couple through free agency. But, in general, they tend to strike out. They struck out on Kyle Lowry. Uh the Christos Porzingis trade was like really cool in the moment because if Porzingis could return to form, it would be elite, but he clearly can't like he's had a lot of trouble staying on the court. And then when he's on the court, he's had trouble being productive. He's not shooting super efficiently. He's like seven foot and he's not getting boards. It's the most confusing thing in the world. It's so frustrating to watch Luca's out rebounding him, but I don't know. Uh, Reggie Bullock's a nice addition. He can score for him. But I'd be worried if I'm Dallas. Like, you got to do everything in your power to keep Luka Doncic there and, like, not improving. I know Luka is still young in his career, and he's, like, so good, right? But not improving the team and everything, it's going to make him want to leave down down the road. And, like, you got to do everything in your power to keep Luka a maverick for life because he's just such a special talent. So it, it would worry me if I was Dallas a little bit. Yeah, they kind of failed to get that secondary ball handler that they really uh, wanted to play alongside Luca. And yeah, I mean, I've said it time and time again throughout this whole year is like everybody compares Luca to Dirk and Luca Dirk just because they're international guys. I'm telling you right now, Luca, the mindset's not the same as Dirk. If they screw this up and they don't put the team around him, he's not just going to sit there. He's going to bolt because uh, he's just he's such a global star. I feel like his stardom is almost bigger than it's definitely bigger than Dirk's. I would say. And he's, oh, I would agree. Yeah, like he, he's he's almost becoming a face of the league at this point. I mean, LeBron's still hanging around, but he's getting that, that big as a star. And, yeah, he will bolt, I think, if they don't start to put it together around him. He clearly doesn't really enjoy the Porzingis fit. And then they kind of whiff on this. So, I mean, if you're the GM, and obviously Jason Kidd will now have a shot to kind of hone it in and get Luka uh, maybe what he wants or where they want. So it's going to be, there's a lot of pressure in the amount on the Dallas Mavericks in the coming year and years to come. Yeah. Right. So like the roster didn't improve greatly, but their results need to improve greatly in order to keep Luca. So it's like, yeah, that's like a really tight like place to be in. 
Because, yeah, Luca, he's going to be the face of the league. He's so young and he's such an icon already. And he's putting together a great Olympic run as well. So it's like his resume is just getting more and more impressive. And, like, if they don't get the roster better, he will leave. You're right. He has a different mindset. He's a younger guy. And Luca is just so competitive. He wants to win championships and MVPs. So, like, if he can't do that in Dallas, he's going to go somewhere that he can Exactly. Um, quiet team contender, obviously, going into the next year. They lost Jamal Murray because of the ACL injury last year. But, I mean, I liked what the Ma- – or not the – why did I say the Mavericks? But the uh, Nuggets did kind of in the background. They brought Jamichael Green back. They got Jeff Green. So, those are your wing guys. Then they also retained uh, Will Barton uh, mm-hmm. two years, 32. So, I mean, I like where they are. It's kind of like low-key moves. They didn't make any huge splashes, but they brought back uh, to already a good team with, obviously, the reigning MVP. And then they're going to get Jamal Murray back. Um, so I like where they went. They kind of they didn't do anything flashy, but they retained the guys that they need to retain and then add some wing guys to uh, help them out. Yeah, I agree entirely. I'm a big Nuggets dude. I love watching Jokic play. That uh, that guy is deserved the MVP. He is phenomenal to watch. And I was so sad that they got hurt this year because they had a perfect opportunity to represent the West in the finals. Well, Barton wasn't 100%. P.J. Dozier couldn't play. And obviously, Jamal Murray is a huge loss, right? So it hinges on Jamal Murray coming back and being Jamal Murray next year, which if you don't rush him back, he could probably play pretty damn well heading into the playoffs. You got Jermichael Green, Jeff Green, Will Barton, you get your guard play back, and then Jokic is just an animal. So Nuggets are there. They can win the West. I wouldn't be surprised. Exactly. Um, Just a couple more things while we're kind of running this thing. Norman Powell, he read up. It was another one that was bound to happen. He reads up with uh, Portland after that midseason deal, five years, 90 million. Um, I mean, honestly, if Duncan Robinson is getting five years, 90 million, if you're Norman Powell, you're definitely asking for the five years, 90 million Duncan, uh, Duncan special, as we'll call it, is what, is what I would say. Um, Blake Griffin, going back to the Nets, he kind of, he's already getting 30 million from the Pistons anyway, after they, the, the buyout when he left. So he kind of gets to do his thing, chase a ring again. Um, what else do we got? Uh, the Lakers, they got Kent Bazemore, one-year deal. It's a wing player. Um, um, Raptors signed Gary Trent for three more years. Uh, the Pistons spent money on Kelly Olynyk because they don't really have anywhere else to spend money. So, congrats to Olynyk on getting a nice contract. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna skip over the Pistons. I, 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 usually, <laughs> I usually skip over teams that they have to spend money just to reach the salary floor. And right, like the Pistons suck. Obviously, they got Cade Cunningham if he can turn out to be a star, which I think will be pretty damn good this year. But it's like they had to spend money, so they just gave money to somebody. And then, yeah, obviously Gary Trent, I mean, they made that midseason swap the Raptors did. They weren't just going to let Gary Trent roll after giving up Norman Powell. So it kind of made sense. Um, I mean, you covered Jimmy Butler, Trey Young. They're going to agree to the Supermax at midnight. It's weird that the free agency starts now, but they can't do the Supermaxes and, like, the extensions till midnight. Kind of uh, doesn't really make any sense. Another one I like is the the Suns getting Cameron Payne back for around it was like six a year, nineteen over three. Like, I think that's a very underrated pickup as well for a team that's kind of cap strapped already. Once you bring Chris Paul back to uh, get him, and they also added Javale McGee, who's kind of a defensive guy behind DeAndre Ayton, as you saw in the finals. The second uh, Dario Saric went down, and they were running Frank Kaminsky out there, just kind of uh, it wasn't really the same. It never really looked comfortable. So I kind of like that fit. I mean, you only need. Uh, JaVale to play 10 to 12 minutes a night on a, on a good night and everything's rolling. And then obviously Cameron Payne really boosted his stock in the playoffs. He was pretty damn good. 
Yeah, the Suns' points are actually really good. I, I agree entirely. The JaVale McGee, because Sarchich, without him, they just did not look good. And Aiden got into foul trouble. It's like McGee, McGee can play in small spurts, like, really well. So I like that. And Cameron Payne, I think, like, he just loves Phoenix, right? If that's where he re- his career resurged. He's given him a shot, three years, 19 mil. Because, honestly, I, he probably had more money on the table. I'd be surprised if he didn't. He had a really good playoff run, especially the games where – Chris Paul couldn't play. Cameron Payne didn't miss a didn't miss a beat. He went in there and played really well. So good for him. Yeah, he did his thing. Um, I missed the Nuggets drop back Austin Rivers. He was uh, he was pretty decent for them when uh, Javal Murray went down. He kind of he did some things for them. And then really the last one that I got is Nicholas Batum. He was kind of floating around with the Warriors and uh, a couple other teams. The Heat as well, I think. He ended up reing up two years. Uh, the money is not disclosed, but he's going back to the Clippers. And then. Um, Really, I mean, a big domino left on there is Kawhi. Everybody expects him. He's he's going to go back to the Clippers. I think he's going to listen, but all the money's kind of dried up. And it's like, I mean, obviously teams could finesse the cap. And if Kawhi Leonard said he wants to come to your team, um, he will. But by seeing the moves today, it's kind of Kawhi Leonard's going back to the Clippers. So, I would be shocked if Kawhi Leonard's not a Clipper. But yeah. uh, the other moves I like, I got to mention my Spurs moves, big tournaments, whatever, for the money. He laughs, but I'm a Spurs fan. Got to represent the Spurs. Uh, Zach Collins, three years, $22 million. That's like a steal. Zach Collins can't stay healthy at all, but he's got tremendous upside. If he somehow got healthy, that'd be a steal for the Spurs. But it's like a nice little gamble slash risk. The Spurs aren't doing anything anytime soon. So I like the little gamble on Zach Collins. Exactly. Yeah. Zach Collins is almost like, yeah, I mean, if Jameis Winston doesn't throw interceptions, he'll be a good quarterback. It's like, it's kind of, <laughs> that's going to be a long one. I, I like that, dude. <laughs> We're kind of on that. But I mean, yeah, it's kind of the Spurs. They have all these young guys, DeJounte Murray, Kelton Johnson, uh, Lonnie Walker. They don't really have a timeline, so they have to spend money somewhere. Doug McDermott, he can shoot the ball a little bit. And then, yeah, as you said, I mean, realistically, if Zach Collins can stay healthy and play basketball, uh, he can be a pretty decent big, and to get him at 22 over three, it's just you got to see what the doctors can do. Kawhi said the doctors in San Antonio weren't too good, so we'll see what Zach Collins says at the end of it. <laughs> That's true. Three other Hall of Famers liked him, but Leonard, it did not work out, unfortunately. Yeah, that's facts. I mean, for me, that's kind of a wrap. I don't really have anything on free agency unless you have any closing thoughts. Daniel Tice, four years, $36 million to lose with the Rockets. And uh, I did. I missed TJ McConnell going back to the Pacers for four years, thirty-five. But that's really all the uh, big stuff. I don't know if you have any really closing thoughts on today's action. Kind of a lot of money doled out. It was certainly interesting. A lot of money went fast, right? It's funny how all these contracts got done in one minute in a league where there's no tampering. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely no tampering at all, right? Uh, I think the one move we missed, Devontae Graham signing trade to the Pelicans. I don't know exactly what the Pelicans are doing. I I do like it for the Hornets because, like, they had Graham, Rozier, and LaMelo. Now it's just LaMelo and Rozier. So, like, it's LaMelo's team. He's going to be super fun to watch sophomore year. He's going to have a great season probably. But no, uh, no other no other things come to mind. I'm excited to see how the Lakers fill out the roster, and I want to see if that works out for them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, the Pelicans are playing the Zion ticking time bomb. It's I don't know if Devontae Graham really moves the needle and gets them excited. They were another team trying to swing for uh, Kyle Lowry, but obviously Lowry really saw a um, better shot to win the title going to Miami over going to play with uh, Zion and those guys. But, I mean, yeah, that's really um, it for me. That seems like that's going to be a wrap for uh, today's really impromptu NBA free agency recap we want to once again thank you guys for tuning in and listening please like subscribe and comment if you have any suggestions as we always read the comments and try to uh 
add whatever is a thought from you guys into the show. As always, Spotify for audio only people will be in the description. And uh, thank you for listening and y'all have a good one.